So we expected that that's a used car. The plastic pieces inside are going to be a little scuffed up. It was beautiful. It was perfect. It looked like a new car. So we were very pleasantly surprised. Welcome to the Disruptive Innovators Champions of Digital Business podcast, where IT and digital leaders from around the world talk about their careers, their inspiration, and their vision for the future of digital business. I'm your host, David Wright. The world of digital business is evolving faster than ever, and I want this to be a place where digital business champions create a village to band together and help each other navigate the ever-changing terrain. Disruptive Innovators features conversations with CIOs and digital leaders from around the world, diving into their personal backstory, career, their current role, trends they've been seeing, and their vision for the future, personally, professionally, and otherwise. This podcast is made for people who are seeing how quickly the digital business landscape is evolving. Those who recognize that it takes a village of trusted advisors to navigate this ever-changing terrain. People who enjoy listening to high-level discussions surrounding what it means to be a leader, real-world examples of challenges faced, and industry-specific strategies leveraged to create exceptional business outcomes. This episode is brought to you by Disruptive Innovations, a leading tech consulting firm that helps enterprise organizations with their IT strategy, process optimization, and workflow improvement. Contact them and find out more at disruptiveinnovations.net. Good afternoon, everyone. This is David Wright. I'm your host of the Disruptive Innovators Champions of Digital Business podcast. Here with a, a special episode today, I'm rejoined by one of our favorite CIOs, Rachel Lockett. Rachel, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well, David. Good to be back. Good to see you again. Yeah, you too. So what prompted inviting you back on, I saw a really cool post of yours lately regarding one of the pull ad companies, Carousel Motor Group. You were talking about a new platform, Carousel Online, that you guys had rolled out. And when it comes to digital transformation success stories, I mean, I imagine that's probably one of them. So I was just interested in hearing more about it. Yeah, no, there's been a lot of interest in that. I was surprised how many people really keyed in on that article. And, you know, and Carousel Online is, I think, a really great example of digital transformation success story. And I think it's because they followed so many of the best practices and really did things right. There's obviously a lot of paths to success, but they just, they made good decisions all the way through. And it ended up in something that is a really great story. And I was excited to share the story. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about that. So I imagine like any good digital transformation story, it kind of, it started with vision. So, you know, maybe you could talk to us a little bit more about Carousel's vision for this project. Yeah. And the vision came from the top down. And I think that was a big part of the success as well. So the vision was really to reimagine and reinvent the process for buying used cars. There are other tools and companies that offer online shopping and, and online purchasing around pre-owned vehicles, but the team at Carousel, they really felt like they could do it in a way that would be different and innovative and groundbreaking. And so they set out to just completely reinvent that process. And then they did so by really studying and evaluating the market. They had a lot of data analysis behind the scenes, so it was really a data-driven and well-studied initiative. 
And then another thing that they did that I think was really critical to their success was they had that vision from the top, but they dedicated the resources all the way down, all the way through, instead of just making it kind of a side project for some folks or something that people had to fit in with their regular job. They dedicated their resources to do it right. Wow. That's impressive, particularly for a more automotive or what some might think of as like a more industrial-ish company to really recognize the future and the vision for that and then dedicate the resources on top of it is really putting your money where your mouth is, so to speak. Yeah. In their research and their competitive analysis, they just discovered that most of the people who were already attempting to play in this space, they treated the customer like a transaction. And Cal mm. Motor Group, which is the bullet company that owns you know, mostly luxury dealerships here in the Twin Cities, they just really felt like there was a need for someone in that market who would deliver the premium experience. So they embarked on that path and you know, the results are showing that they've hit on something and they are on the right track. Yeah. And I imagine that if, if you buy a used car and you have a great experience, like for example, I'm just thinking to myself, I bought a used car like a year or two back, a 2019 SUV, very low miles. It, I got a good deal and I had a decent experience, but I barely remember where that used car dealership was, nor do I have any allegiance really to them. Well, my memory goes back even further. I remember being, I think it was late 18s, maybe 19, but more likely 2021, 20, somewhere around there, and buying my first car myself. And I remember, you know, all the advice from family ended up taking my grandpa along with me because everyone in the family agreed that he was the best negotiator and he would be the one to make sure that I got a good deal. And I remember sitting there and they did the, the little game where they go back and check with the manager in the back room. And, you know, they're just back there having coffee. And you know, then they come out with a number written on a piece of paper, all cloak and dagger. And I just remember sitting there. I remember it being hot and sticky and uncomfortable and, and just having this icky feeling about the whole thing. And then obviously I think the whole industry has come a little way since then, but contrast that I will say I wanted to be one of the first customers of Carousel Online when it launched. And we just happened to need a car for my son to send him off to college, 19 years old, about the same age as my first experience. And it was such a different experience. We went online and looked through the inventory. I found a couple of, and obviously that's a lot different from when I was 19, right? Browsing through it on my phone. I found a couple that I thought might be good. I sent them off to him and then my husband, you know, I was able to just text him off right there from my phone. They looked at him, gave some feedback. We settled on the one we wanted. And then the whole experience, I mean, it was just fun from start to finish. So, you know, we even did a, we processed a trade-in through the app through the tool. So there we are taking pictures of the car we're trading in and uploading them to the website. And I thought to myself, this is setting up probably a dangerous precedent for my 19 year old. I don't want him to think <laughs> this easy, but he had a great experience. He had a great time. They delivered the car to our door. And of course they know what's important to a 19 year old. So they said, go sit in the front seat. We want to take your picture. You know, they just made it this great experience for him. Really. I thought of it as just a first class concierge experience from start to finish. It was a lot of fun. That is really cool. I mean, I'm actually excited to use it when the time comes myself. So how did this affect, obviously, Carousel has been around as an organization for a little while. How did, did this affect your core business in any way? Or this is, I imagine, quite an undertaking. How did you guys approach that? So great question. So again, one of the best practices that they followed was 
leveraging dedicated resources. And they pulled some people from the core business, but made sure the backfill them properly. And they didn't like go for everyone by any means. We still have great people running the core business, but they didn't make sure to have those dedicated resources. And then Dan Olson, he's the GM. He was very deliberate about making sure that he wasn't getting a bunch of favors from the core business. Now they were able to leverage like the technology, you know, the communications platform and kind of the basics, just like any new dealership would, but they didn't want to get deep discounts on inventory or freebies on reconditioning. They really wanted to make sure that they were proving this out as a business model that would stand on its own without favors from the core business. And so he was actually kind of aggressive in turning down offers from some of our dealerships. And I think that was really important because then everyone on that team really knew that they built something that was sustainable and self-sufficient and was really a viable business model. And by sustainable, is that referring to like needing to potentially get inventory from other sources outside the core inventory? Yeah. Even during this time when used car inventory is hard to come by, they sort of, they launched during the peak of that just earlier this summer and yet have been able to get good quality inventory and to really make it work. And so they've proven the business model very effectively. Very cool. So let's talk a little bit about the development of the application itself. So How did you guys approach that? I know you said that the initiative in general was very data-driven, but from app development standpoint, how did you guys go about building something like this? Sure. Well, we leveraged existing technology and found a really strong partner. So I remember several, four or five years ago, we had started to just, again, doing our homework and doing the research, we looked at options. And we talked to a, another business, another auto dealership group in this space about their experience. And they'd been working for several years on custom developing something and still didn't have anything ready for market. It spent a lot of time and money. And so we kind of went back. I was part of the team that went back and said, here's how not to do it. But instead, we found a really strong partner in Cox Automotive. So Cox Automotive is one of the biggest players in the automotive retail space. They have so many products and service offerings, from Blue Book, Auto Trader on down. And they had a platform, a product called Essential. And what Carousel Motor Group did is went into this partnership with them and stitched together some of their other products and pieces. And they were really willing to help design that customer user experience to be what we envisioned it to be. So they've been a great partner all the way through to create this platform that enables the whole process seamlessly online, again, start to finish, including processing trade-ins and some really innovative features that they've added in, virtual test drives and some things that kind of first of their kind that make it that great premium experience. Wow. Virtual test drive. That's cool. Is that like, so is that, so like VR or is that, what does that look like? No, it's someone, you know, they're talking with you, conducting the test drive, and you can see it, it. out the window and the view of the driver. Go check it out. Go on the site and, and take a look I at will. it. I will. I'm absolutely going to. You can do my... a VR test drive of a Ferrari in our Ferrari dealership, though, if you're interested. That is cool. I'm also thinking, like, uh, Web3-wise, like, what the possibilities are there, but all very cool stuff. And it's great that you guys did that and acknowledge that because I feel like too, so often companies like feel the need to develop at their own peril. I mean, there's just so many ways that it can go wrong 
even when, with application modernization in general, that if you can build off something that exists today, I mean, that's the way we're going with like low code, no code, open API. I mean, it's like, let's take, let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's take the pieces of this kind of ecosystem that we're looking to create best of breed in, in each of those different lanes and kind of piece it together and be able to customize it to meet the needs of our customers. So hats off to you guys for acknowledging that. Yeah, true. Yeah, being able to leverage all of the existing technology and things that were really well proven, but then stitch them together in a way that was new and innovative and first in the market was really powerful and it allowed them to get to market so much more quickly and to just have that confidence that what they're delivering is going to work. And then they could focus on supporting the customer experience instead of spending so much time and effort on bug fixes and additional uh, sprints to get new features out there. Very cool. How about funding-wise? I know that, I think when we talk that so oftentimes IT projects can fail due to lack of adequate funding. I think you mentioned maybe upwards of 70%. How did that go with this project? Obviously, it's quite a, an idea, so. Yeah, the team really had great support from ownership and executive leadership all the way on down. And so that resulted in adequate funding for what needed to be done and developed, but also it meant that there was a good understanding of you know, the time that it, that it was going to take and sort of the business model that we'd be really working on investing in this and building value for a while before you know, we're not going to see those immediate returns until we get the market, the awareness, the brand awareness and get the sales up to the level that we want them to be. And so there was a good understanding of that from the top down. How are you guys capturing customer sentiment and customer experience along the way? I mean, I imagine that's an important kind of aspect of this. Probably the most important. So every transaction, every sale gets at least the request for a customer satisfaction survey. They're very interested in talking to and listening to the customers and getting that deep feedback. So they have something that they call Strategy Tuesdays, where all the leadership will get together and they'll review the full transaction from actual sales that have happened in that last week. And they'll just look for opportunities to improve upon that. They're listening to the customer feedback, but they're also looking at it themselves, looking at the full process through their own eyes and their own experience and saying, even if the customer doesn't know, how could we have made that better that they don't even realize that they don't even have the expectation yet, but we know that we can make it better and we're going to exceed that expectation. So that's their strategy Tuesdays approach. And I just think that's a phenomenal, again, a great best practice to continue to improve and develop this product as we go. I love that. I'm really looking forward to seeing the trajectory of this. I mean, I know we're only a little while in, but any, you know, since you guys launched to now, any updates in regard to progress or user count, things like that? Yeah. So they've continued to increase sales every month since they launched. They're really pleased with the conversion rate from kind of the initial visit to the checkout, to initiating the checkout process. But most importantly, it's that customer satisfaction score. They've literally had nothing but five-star reviews. The customer feedback has been phenomenal. That's what reaffirms that that vision that they had in the beginning was spot on and that they're on the right path. That's fantastic. How about, I mean, the last thing that I'm curious about and this is happening more and more now, people buying cars online. I've never envisioned myself buying, particularly a used car online. 
how are you guys broaching that topic? How do you create that level of comfort with consumers? What has that path been like for Carousel? Well, a lot of it is around education, communication. So even in the process, while it's an entirely online process, there is a Zoom call so you can talk to a real life human being. I think that's an important part of establishing trust is being able to Mm. look someone in the eye. And we're hoping that just that word of mouth reputation will go a long way as well. But, you know, there's an understanding that it is a leap of faith. Now, I was super excited to be part of it. I feel like as technology people, we should be leading the way and we should have already gained that comfort level with the online process. But yeah, I still had the memories and the scars from the used car buying process. So you have to take those things together and figure out how to build that trust. I think it's going to be the reputation. The Carousel Motor Group and the Paulette family have a great reputation in this area. And that just has to expand. That makes sense to me, that the reputation piece and the integrity piece is really, I mean, I suppose what you would want in looking at a used car dealer in general, but when I cited that example, like I knew the miles were so low, had the service records, had the single woman owner. So I felt like as good as I could get about that. But this kind of takes it to another level, not only having those CSAT scores that are so positive. Let me add to that too, though, David, I just skipped over it, but this is really important. The Carousel Online website has so much content on each car. So it's going to give you the standard expected stuff, the Carfax reporting and all of that, but it's got video walkthroughs with the mechanic who did the reconditioning and prepared it. You can see the listing of parts and services and the invoices for everything that they did to that car. From the time that they acquired it until they put it on the site ready to sell to you, there's so much detail in there. You're going to feel like you know that car intimately, more so than you would from just walking around it and kicking the tires. I mean, you're getting this video tour through the engine and you're getting detailed photos of every aspect. In fact, when our car showed up after we purchased a car through this process, they pull up into the driveway, they showed up. We were actually surprised. We thought it was a bit of a bait and switch and it was a different car because it was so much better. It was so much shinier and nicer than what we had expected because we looked at the photos and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably touched that up a little, right? You know, so we expected that it's a used car. The plastic pieces inside are going to be a little scuffed up. It was beautiful. It was perfect. It looked like a new car. So we were very pleasantly surprised. And that combined with the reputation of the brand should really put people's minds at ease that you can trust buying Buying something as big as a car online, have it delivered to your door. And then, you know, there's also the three-day return time if you change your mind, but you're not going to need to exercise it because of any concerns with the vehicle itself. Yeah, I love that. I actually just, for kicks, as you mentioned it, like just went on Carousel online. I pulled up pre-owned 2021 Tesla. And I was amazed to see that, you know, I could get the Carfax history report right there. KBB price advisor, service records, cars.com pricing. Like you actively provide that through iPacket. Very cool. Yeah. Um, They're going to show you how they came up with the price for the vehicle. So there's no concern. Like I said, it's not the old style cloak and dagger stuff. Go back and talk to my manager in the back and see if he's in a good mood today. None of that nonsense. They'll show you how they came up with the price, how they calculated it. and, And they'll give you all the data to justify it. And this is on the low end. Just of the Kelly Blue Book fair market range, which I was happy to see. So very cool. 
And it's interesting I mean, uh, that Tesla, one of the things they found, I think it's, I want to say it's 40% or more of the vehicles that they've sold through it have been hybrid or electric vehicles. That's where we're trying to go next. Plus, I, I want to have a Tesla. What, what tech guy doesn't want a Tesla? Right? I have one for a while. The technology inside is, to me, the, that's the fun part. No, I want it. Anyway, Rachel, this was so cool. It's so, so great to learn about the platform. Anything else? that I missed that you wanted to tell our listeners about? I think we've covered all of the best practices, all of the things that they did to really result in the success story. We didn't go in, the one we missed, I think, or didn't talk about too much was the building on a solid foundation. And that's what I was a part of for many years before we launched this new product was rebuilding that entire technology platform and foundation for Carousel Motor Group. And I think that was a big part of it as well. That's a key to success in digital transformation. But yeah, I just really appreciate the opportunity to tell the story. It's been a great experience. That whole team is so excited about what they're doing. It really feels like we're doing something different and special and kind of reinventing this online pre-owned car buying experience. So go check it out. See if you can find your Tesla there. Anyone else, especially all of my technology colleagues, let's lead the way in adopting innovation. Go check out Carousel Online and enjoy the process because buying a car should be fun, right? Absolutely. And actually, last question, now that I think about it, can anyone anywhere nationally use this platform today or is it just in your market? Yeah, everywhere. They want to expand, of course, and they'll figure out the delivery process and how to pull it up to your front door, regardless of where you are. Fantastic. All right, great. Well, you sold me. So Rachel, thank you so much for being on for this special edition of Disruptive Innovators Champions of Digital Business. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Everyone else, thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Disruptive Innovators Champions of Digital Business podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to enjoy future episodes. This episode is brought to you by Disruptive Innovations, a leading tech consulting firm that helps enterprise organizations with their IT strategy, process optimization, and workflow improvement. Contact them and find out more at disruptiveinnovations.net.